And thanks so much for being with us again here for the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson's Lines. It's week two, but it's week one with me talking with Dick Bramer from the Minnesota Twins television broadcast team. Hello, Dick. How you been? I'm real good. Anxious to get this season started. It's, uh, I think, going to be a fun one for Twins fans. Yeah, that's for sure. A one nothing victory today over a Baltimore team that really is expected not to do much. A lot of expectations for the Twins. It's so early, it's hard to read anything, but there are some things I like from this team. What do you think so far, Dick? Yeah, I think they're pitching awfully well. Kenta Maeda today looked uh, in midseason form. Uh, Alice Colome, Taylor Rogers each had good outings. and So, yeah, you're, you're, you're not interested, especially this year when they're sometimes playing as few as five innings. You're not interested in the wins or losses, but you're looking for the components uh, of a good team that uh, you know you hope to be able to see a, a lot of when the regular season starts, and I, I think the Twins have seen that. Josh Donaldson's been hitting the ball hard today again. Miguel Sano hit the ball hard a couple of times. So these are all things that uh, bode well for what should be a really fun uh, regular season. I would think that you know there's going to be so much focus on uh, what's going on with the offense in the new ball, right? I mean the fact that the ball may not be blasting, but I mean so far. When these guys, no big surprise, they're still hitting the ball pretty hard. Yeah, I think if Miguel Sano hits it uh, hard, it's still going to go a long, long ways. <laughs> but uh, they did say that they're going to uh, dial back the baseball, the uh, you know dynamics of the baseball, of the ballistics, if you will. And so we'll see what happens. But uh, the Twins still should be, uh, you know, among the league leaders in home runs. They w- weren't last year. The home run totals really came down. But I think a lot of what we saw last year, Derek, can simply be explained that, you know, you tend to forget, but everybody was kind of fast forwarding through spring training, trying to get ready for the season. It impacted the pitchers. It impacted the hitters. So hopefully with a full spring training this year, what we'll see is more what we saw in 2019 from a lot of the Twins hitters. I don't think there's any question that – you and I were as frustrated as anyone about Michael Pineda in 2019, you know, get, getting busted for a performance-enhancing drug or a masking agent, whatever it might have been. But, it, uh, you know, he's come back. He pitched pretty well last year, and he looks good so far this spring. He is going to be a key factor in this rotation, isn't he? Yeah, and there are going to be a lot of key factors in uh, the Twins' rotation and every rotation. I'll be fascinated to find out, you know, how teams handle their pitching staff this year just because, uh, it was a short season last year. Even those who were healthy and weren't suspended as Pineda was, you know, they never really got a, a full season of work. And so now it would seem unrealistic to me to have the Barrioses of the world and people like that uh, go back out and, uh, you know, pitch 200 or so innings. I know Jose has, you know, stated that as a goal, but, you know, with so much money being invested in pitchers, whether it's, you know, Barrios or, you know, even Jay Happ, you know, uh, they're going to be very careful. Uh, the twins will be, and the other 29 teams will be uh, with their arms uh, for fear of, uh, you know, guys, you know, being stretched beyond what their body now is accustomed to because the season was so short last year. You mentioned Barrios, a lot of talk about uh, him getting some type of a contract extension would not be a big surprise. We saw that with you know, Kepler and Polanco not too long ago, but uh, 
I think that would be nice. They've wanted this guy to be the lead guy in this rotation for a while. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because he has yet to really get there, but you can see it's there, right? I mean, that's always been kind of the thing with Barrios. Well, yeah, but then, of course, uh, if you're his agent, uh, you're going to go, well, look, he was in the playoffs. He gave up one run over five innings, looked to be very, very sharp, and you took him out. (laughs) So, you know, as we said last year, uh, I think when we did the show, you know, the one thing that's missing from Barrios is that signature game. And and it looked like he might have been on his way to that game uh, last year in the playoffs, but he was taken out and then Twins ended up losing, and that was his only postseason start. So, you know, it works both ways. You can say, well, yeah, he hasn't achieved his potential, but yet when he has had games like that that could define his, uh, you know, realized potential, well, and he's taken out after five innings because the uh, attitude that the Twins have in a lot of teams is they don't want a uh, starting pitcher, regardless of how good he is, to face a lineup a third time. Yeah, and I think, you know, and Buxton, of course, he's kind of another one, right, where he's been injured a lot, but they certainly want to keep him for a long time. Well, yeah, I, I, I would I would expect, I'd be surprised, frankly, at this point, uh, if the Twins didn't reach an agreement with Byron on a long-term basis, I think they realize, and the rest of baseball realizes, I know Twins fans realize how important he is to their plans. And so that would be a nice one to take care of. And then at one of these years, we hope it's this year, he'll be out there for 550 at-bats and we'll get a you know a fuller view, a moving picture view of what we've only seen snapshots of so far in his career. How excited are you to see as a purist of baseball to see you know, Buxton out in center field, and obviously Simmons now at uh, shortstop, moving Polanco to second. I mean, that is about as good as it gets defensively up the middle. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the Twins have, are pretty well set behind the plate, too, with Garver and, and Ryan Jeffers. And so it's been said for a long time, you know, the good teams defensively are strong up the middle. Well, the Twins look like they'll be that. And then the one thing to keep in mind, of course, is Polanco switching from shortstop to second base. But you know, the way the game is played now, shortstops spend a lot of time on the right side of second base anyway, and second basemen have spent a lot of time uh, on the third base side of second base as well. So I don't know how much of a transition it'll be for Jorge, but I, I think he'll be a very good defensive second baseman as well. Dick, I'm curious about, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest questions coming in because they finished strong is the bullpen. And, and, you know, it finished strong in 2019, I should say. And then we had some questions, Mark, at the end of 2020, right? I mean, so there's, this has been kind of a roller coaster ride with this bullpen because early on in 19, it was, oh, boy, I don't know about this. And then they really stepped up and got the job done in 19. And last year was kind of herky-jerky as well. It, that's probably the most curious part of this team. Yeah, and, of course, there's a lot been made, I know, in Twins territory about the Twins losing Trevor May, uh, signing with the Mets. There's another guy that was a really key guy for them last year that they did not have this year, and that's uh, Tyler Clippard. Uh, he really was a, a good addition to the Twins' bullpen last year, was um, actually more effective against left-handers than right-handers, which is odd for a right-handed pitcher. So there will be some cavities in the Twins' bullpen, but they think they've got some guys uh, that they brought in uh, Alex Colomay is going to be a huge addition for the uh, the Twins and some guys uh, internally who they figure can uh, fill a, a relief role. So, you know, over the years, it's been pretty obvious, Derek, that 
the most fluid part of any organization is their major league bullpen. You know, it's a, it's become a rather nomadic uh, uh, occupation in baseball, uh, other than closers, and sometimes even they're, you know, swapped out, as was the case with Colome. Did a really good job with the White Sox the last two years, and now he'll be picking up some saves for the Twins. I think the Twins' bullpen, uh, when it's all said and done, will be just fine. You mentioned something there, too, I think that's very interesting is there's always some kid that comes up, right? And there's a lot of minor leaguers, let's face it, didn't play at baseball at all in 2020. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see who might step up and they just can't send back down to St. Paul, which is still going to get weird to say, send back down to St. Paul. But that is going to be quite a story, I think, this year. Yeah, and I think there will be a lot of, unfortunately, there'll be a lot of um, um, injured list situations that will cause a lot of uh, flexibility and mobility between AAA and, and the big league club. And as you referenced, it'll be a lot easier for the Twins because now their AAA team will be a you know 10-minute um, Uber ride from Target Field. And so <laughs> we'll see a lot of player movement over the course of the year. And, you know, you brought up an interesting point. I think everybody is expecting Alex Kirilov to be a – Really big component for the Twins this year. Uh, very likely, I think, replacing Eddie Rosario in left field. But you have to allow for the fact, as you said, he didn't play any games last year. And the, the minor league prospects who will be asked to play up uh, a level than uh, maybe intended uh, or they would have uh, played at last year, uh, it's going to be an adjustment for them. Because, as, as you know, baseball is a grind, particularly at the big league level. And so there's going to be a lot of situations where uh, I would think the Kirilovs of the world and every team will have a player like that uh, will have an impact on the team. But just the wear and tear of a 162-game season, which we all hope we have, uh, is going to take its toll. Yeah, no question. It is going to be interesting. My final thing for you, Dick, is just that whole, as we mentioned, St. Paul, it's got to be quite an advantage. I mean, you uh, you know broadcast the Twins with Salt Lake City and Rochester, New York, and we go down the line, right? I mean, this is this is quite a deal to get your AAA guys just down the road, literally. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but it seemed like every time we were in Seattle, uh, they would need a player, and they would just uh, you know summon them from Tacoma, which is what three hours away, something like that. Same too with Kansas City and uh, Omaha. And the Twins, when they were on the West Coast and needed a player, they had to get a player from Rochester, New York, yeah. through Detroit. And by the time he landed at Anaheim, he was in no position to help the team. So, no, this will be absolutely huge. Uh, it's not just when the team is at home, but when the team is on the road and they'll need a player, you know, they've got, you know, this is a, a flight schedules are altered to be sure, but this is still uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport is still a hub airport. It'll be much easier to get players who are playing in St. Paul uh, for the Saints to Cleveland, wherever, uh, than it was when they were marooned sort of out in Rochester, New York. And how anxious are you to see fans at Target Field? I mean, that's that's going to be fun, right? Well, I, I'm warning viewers uh, who will be watching our telecast because I, I know myself well enough to know that when the Twins open at home, uh, and I'm looking out at 10,000, 12,000, whatever the number is, uh, I know I'm going to get emotional because it uh, will be a sign, uh, and it's a sports, a sporting event, right? And, and we've had much larger issues 
to deal with than, uh, you know, having games with no fans in attendance. But it will be a very clear-cut sign for me that maybe we're over the hump and that we are taking a large step forward toward, you know, recovering from the pandemic. Yeah, it'll be nice to see fans and hear fans, but for me it will be what it symbolizes in terms of where we are now compared to where we were a year ago when the when the pandemic started. Yeah, no question. Well said. I, I really I think you hit the nail on the head there. Dick, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, we'll do it next Tuesday and I'll actually be in Fort Myers by then. All right. Looking forward to it. enjoy the sun. All right, Derek. Dick Bramer, the voice of the Minnesota Twins on the television side. Again, the Twins wrap each and every Tuesday, 545 on KFGO. Brought to you by Jefferson Lines.